From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. In the previous podcast, we discussed six reasons why now is the time for a constitutional carry in Ohio. And we listened to Senator Terry Johnson provide testimony in support of his bill, SB 215. In this podcast, Senator Johnson joins us for an in-depth and frank discussion about key parts of the bill, his prediction about how quickly the bill will move through the House and Senate, whether the governor will sign it, and more. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm joined by our Legislative Affairs Director, Rob Sexton, and our special guest, Ohio Senator Terry Johnson. Senator, welcome to the podcast. Really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we're uh, overjoyed to have you here. We've been talking about constitutional carry, or as I like to call it, license optional carry. And um, let's just start with the really obvious question. Why is constitutional carry important for you? Why do we need this in Ohio? Well, you know, um, a lot of people don't even know me in the Second Amendment community in Ohio. And that's because I keep a low profile. Uh, Rob certainly knows me. I know that you know me. Uh, but I've been working on uh, Second Amendment issues uh, since I came into the, the Ohio House of Representatives in 2011, uh, notably restaurant carry. Uh, Danny Bupp and I carried that. Uh, leadership uh, decided to go with companion bills, so a Senate bill was actually passed. Uh, but we did an awful lot of work on that. And as a freshman legislator, that's what I cut my teeth on. Uh, in the second year of that first GA, I had a reciprocity bill that, uh, that I was doing that really got tweaked beyond recognition and lame duck. Uh, but it, it, it did some significant things like redefining what a loaded gun was and took out a lot of a lot of uh, the uh, code section language that was very unnecessary and streamlined it. And then I did a, a lot of bills um, leading up to my time in the Senate, uh, notably uh, making it so that preemption in Ohio is recognized and, and enforceable. Uh, and then really burden shift was like the, the, the biggest thing I got done. You know, you were guilty and still, until proven innocent until we got that done. And then we were able to remove a duty to retreat, uh, you know, as a, as a defense uh, qualification. That was, that was also huge. And we got that as an amendment uh, in the last, uh, last GA. So very happy to do that. Uh, so I do a lot of Second Amendment work. And this is quite frankly the crown jewel of the work I've been able to do. Well, I know that a lot of people never really understood preemption, and I can tell you that from my point of yeah. view, I always considered that the, the cornerstone of everything that we've done because yeah. everything hinges on that preemption. If preemption went away, we'd go back to the old days when every city or village could pass its own rules. I know that you remember that. I certainly remember that. I was shooting bullseye, and there were, yeah. there were pistols I could not use. Uh, because Columbus, yeah. where I lived at the time, had certain rules that were kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've, we've passed that. We've passed all of these other really important things. And you're right. Uh, I think Crown Jewel, the brass ring, 
these are great ways to describe constitutional carry, that this is the final step. So uh, in this particular bill, and we're talking about Senate Bill 215, it really has three parts. There's constitutional carry, but there's also an immunity section, and then there's the revoking the duty to notify. Can you kind of just explain those three parts and why all of those are important? Yeah, you know, I actually call this a third thing, uh, the, the, the constitutional carry everybody recognizes. And what I found is language makes a difference. Um, you know, and, and looking back to trying to get duty to retreat out of the defense requirement, um, you know, people called that stand your ground. And, and for the Second Amendment community, it made perfect sense to say stand your ground. And it does for me, too. I, I understand what that means. But for the liberal, progressive, get rid of guns folks, uh, stand your ground had a very negative connotation that carried into the press who basically backed them. And so at that point in time, you know, I, I, I quit saying anything that was even remotely like stand your ground. I went to, you know, let's get rid of the duty to retreat as a defense requirement. So that's that's basically what I said. And in this case, constitutional carry, you know, it has some negative connotations for people who are in the middle. And so I call it permitless carry, which is closer to what, what you referred to it as a right. moment ago. And um, and permitless carry, th- this bill is is like a sabo round, you know, like a you know a tank round you you shoot against another tank. It's very simple. It's like a dart. Uh, it doesn't get complicated. Basically, all it says is that any place you're able to uh, carry with a concealed carry permit in the state of Ohio, you can now carry. Um, without a concealed carry permit. So it doesn't redefine you know, places you can carry, places you can't carry, change very much at all with, uh, with the uh, concealed carry law we already have. It just opens it up uh, to citizens who are 21 years of age and don't have any restrictions as long as you're carrying something that's actually an acceptable uh, uh, firearm or sidearm or pistol. Um, and, you know, this brings us to the point that's, that, that, that is kind of the linchpin to this whole thing. <laughs> Uh, I had an aide that was working with me, and after we, you know, uh, uh, saw our restaurant carry signed into law with the Senate bill by Tim Schaefer, another fantastic uh, Second Amendment proponent, um, I was driving home and gave him a call late at night and said, you know, none of this really makes sense. Ohio's concealed carry law is just so screwed up. Uh, You know, if you can open carry in Ohio already, if you're 21 years of age and have no restrictions, you can open carry which you can do just about anywhere, uh, you know, why is it that, you know, when, when the crisp air of, of autumn comes, why is it that you put your coat on and now you're a felon? <laughs> so it just doesn't make any sense. And, and, and so, you know, I, I started thinking about permitless carry all the way back then, and, and that was probably in two, late 2011. Um, the second part of this, you know, which I'm very interested in, is to, 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 to get at the, the civil immunity part. Uh, God forbid you ever have to defend yourself and, and you take another person's life. No one wants that burden on your soul. Uh, obviously, if it's time to, to defend yourself or your family, you will. Um, you know, and, and the more training you have and, and the more comfortable you are around your firearm, uh, the more likely that that'll go in your direction. But no one wants that burden. Uh, so God forbid you ever have to do that. It's a terrible thing. But then after, you know, you, you, you've defended yourself and the, the, the police officers don't charge you and the prosecutor says, yeah, that was self-defense. You're not done because 
now your life is really going to get, you know, interesting in a very bad way. Most people can't afford the kind of assault that's going to take place through a civil trial. Um, you know, and, and you can lose your business, you can lose your house, you can lose all kinds of things in that civil trial, even though you were completely justified and, and you were righteous in what you did. And so this bill, Senate Bill 215, would give every Ohioan that ever has to face this, this horrible situation the right to a pretrial immunity hearing. And in that pretrial immunity hearing, if they decide, yes, indeed, that was self-defense, then that protects you from such an assault, you know, from uh, a person who wants to file a, a family or a person who wants to file a, a, a civil immunity case against you. And then there's actually two more things. Uh, one is, of course, a requirement to carry a license. Now, if you think this through, um, you know, right now in Ohio, uh, you're wrong if, uh, if you have your gun on you and uh, you don't have your concealed carry license on you also. And in fact, uh, they're going to regard you as a person that is, you know, basically carrying concealed without a license. I think you have up to 10 days to get it, but you can still be arrested uh, if you don't have your, your, your concealed carry license. And that carries a minor misdemeanor. Uh, and so if you think this through, if you have multiple people in a car and one is, uh, you know, has a concealed carry license and maybe another person in the car doesn't, well, that person that doesn't have it uh, has no, no reason to say, you know, that, 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 that uh, they, they have a, a, a concealed carry license. And so it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for people to have a license on them if we pass this law the way it is. And then the other part is duty to notify. There are a lot of states that don't have duty to notify, and they do just fine with that. Uh, but in Ohio, if you don't promptly uh, tell the police officer uh, that you, you're in possession of a handgun and that you have a you know, concealed carry license, that carries an M1, which is a significantly higher uh, uh, penalty than, than a minor misdemeanor. And again, if you have people in the car now that this law passes uh, that don't have a concealed carry, uh, you know, they don't have this duty uh, to, to inform. And so it doesn't make any sense to have anyone have it. Scott Wiggins has been trying to get rid of this forever, you know, and he's done an awful lot of good work, and his arguments make sound sense. Uh, and police officers regard any car, uh, you know, as possibly holding, uh, you know, someone with a weapon in it. And then you get to another root of the problem. You know, bad guys don't pay attention to any of this. The people that the police officers really have to fear are not the law-abiding citizens, which the bulk of Ohioans are, but the criminals who flaunt all these laws. Yeah, this uh, duty to notify part really gets misunderstood. I think it's spun by people to mean, well, I'm going to carry a gun and I'm going to hide it from the police, that they're never going to know and I'm going right. to lie about it. And that's not what it is at all. It's about getting rid of right. that word promptly. It's about avoiding confusion. Uh, I've told this story before. Um, I was pulled over once in my hometown and I was, admittedly, I was going a little fast. And the first thing the police officer said to me was, sir, do you have your gun with you tonight? He knew to ask me. And I said, yeah. yes, sir, I do. And I have a license. And he was fine with it. It wasn't an, an issue after that. So, um, right. you know, police are trained. They, they, they are trained to expect guns, drugs, other stuff in the car. And it's not like right. well, you remove the duty to notify and suddenly it becomes a big mystery. If they, if they want to know, they can ask, yeah. 
and most of us yeah. are going to be uh, truthful. Uh, and the, uh, the those who are criminals won't, but that's always the case. Yep, yep, that, that's absolutely right. So, Senator, so you've got a piece of legislation that is easily the top priority of all Second Amendment advocates across the state of Ohio and certainly Buckeye Firearms Association. What do you think the prospects are for this bill in the Senate? Well, I, you know, I have high hopes for it. Um, there's really no reason uh, why it shouldn't go through the Senate and, and then conversely, no reason why it shouldn't go to the House. Uh, when you get in front of a committee, uh, you know, the, the, the bill basically belongs to the chairman at that point. So, you know, relationships and leadership uh, go a long way. Uh, but, you know, I've got, got better ties over here in the Senate. Uh, getting it over to the House, you know, trying to keep it intact, trying to keep it from being amended, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a very difficult process. So a lot of people, you know, I've had people say before, like, you know, why didn't you do this? Or, you know, you know, the legislature always does that. Most people don't understand how doggone difficult it is to, to, to get a bill passed. Right. <laughs> it's just one of the hardest things. And then it's got to survive a, a possible veto. I don't know if the governor will veto this or not. You know, he's vetoed so many things that I've tried to do. I've lost count. Uh, I've, I've actually gone through some override votes with him and been successful. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and I'm not just talking about Governor Dwyer. I'm talking about uh, Kasich. Uh, when I, I was, I matched with Kasich for eight years, and uh, and then with Governor Dwyer now. And and that doesn't mean that that I'm at odds with Governor Dwyer at all. He just sees this a little bit differently sometimes. I do hope that he sees the value of permitless carry and how simple this is and how good it is for the Second Amendment. And I do hope that if we do get it through uh, the legislature, that he'll promptly sign it. Well, uh, I don't think it's any secret. We've talked about this on the podcast before. We have it in writing from the governor that uh, he told us if uh, we put a bill on his desk on constitutional carry, he will sign it. So he's uh, he's made a commitment, certainly at election time, and uh, we hope that he'll follow through with that. Yep, and I've got a query out right now. Uh, to uh, to see about when our next hearing will be. I hope it'll be next week, but I have no guarantee of that right now. And uh, you know, we need to marshal our forces and and be agile and and uh, able to respond to when the the chairman of the committee decides to to put it up again. Well, here's the big question: Next year, obviously, is an election year. It's already gearing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're still yeah. dealing with the virus that's taken up a lot of the oxygen in the room. There's always that unknown yeah. thing that happens every legislative session. What do you think the chances are that the bill can get passed this year so we're not dealing with it next year? Oh, I, I, I hate to see it go into next year. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make it move as quickly as possible, um, you know, and, and I'd like to see it done before the primary. Oh, I think we share your goal on that for sure. I, I just feel like especially as crazy as things have gotten, uh, you know, yeah. if, if at all possible <laughs> politics are seem to be more divided than they ever have been. And, and uh, I'd hate to see this bill go over in the next year. So with that in mind, what would you, what would you advise Buckeye Firearms Association? What, what can we do to best help you get your bill to Governor DeWine's desk? I think in, in, impress on not just the members of the Senate, but I would also, you know, be, be exerting some effort over in the House side. But, you know, right now, of course, it's sitting in the Senate. So uh, that's where the primary focus should be. Uh, make sure that all the members of, of, of the Senate know just how important this is 
to the Second Amendment community, and that the Second Amendment community is a a group of people who vote, and they're law abiding, and they're critical thinkers, and uh, they have memories like elephants, which is really good. <laughs> uh, you know, just impress upon them how important this is to the Second Amendment. We know how important it is to us. Uh, but they need to know uh, in their own hearts just how important it really is to everyone. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I, I think we've already begun to deliver some of those messages, but to your point, we need to redouble our efforts to deliver that message um, and just let them know that, you know, as we head into next year's election season, there's just no doubt that Senate Bill 215, your bill, will be first on our minds as we make all of the decisions that relate to an election. Yeah. And, and, and listen, if, if there is ever a time for all the various Second Amendment advocacy groups to come together, this is it. You know, we, you know, sometimes we disagree and, you know, and sometimes people are going off in different directions. Right now, we need to, you know, uh, reach out to, to our brothers and sisters that belong to all the different groups and say, look, we need to cooperate on this. We need to be a solid voice. Well, Senator, I appreciate your taking the time to be on the podcast and, uh, you know, it sounds like we have a pretty good opportunity here. We certainly want to get this passed. We've wanted it for a long time. And uh, my opinion is this is a really small change in the law that will have a huge impact on the 4 million gun owners in Ohio. And I don't see any reason why it shouldn't pass. It's worked in 21 other states. And I think there are 34 states that allow open carry without a license or any sort of permitting. If it works there, why wouldn't it work here? I, I don't understand why Ohio would be so much different. Right. I, I think it'll work just like it works for West Virginia, Kentucky, and all these other states that have it. Yeah, excellent point. And, and if I could add, you know, one of my political opponents uh, who's very, very against any of these things is just, just where he is, asked me that, uh, you know, the question, and, and I led into it with exactly that. You know, you know the, the number of states where this is already employed is a perfect example of how it's going to work out for Ohio. And then I pointed out we have two contiguous states already, Kentucky and West Virginia, you know, and it's just a matter of crossing a bridge. And you go over there and you can see with your own eyes. We don't have blood in the streets. Uh, there's not, you know, dogs and cats living together. It's, uh, you know, it's just law-abiding citizens. <laughs> exercising the Second Amendment rights. Well, I appreciate the Ghostbuster reference. So you, uh, you, you get you get points for that, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Senator, uh, Senator, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast and explaining some of these things. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to getting this passed, hopefully this year. So um, good luck. Uh, we'll be down at the State House working on this with you. Good job. Keep it up. I, I appreciate you so much and what you do for the citizens of Ohio. God bless. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at BuckeyeFirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to JoinBFA.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's JoinBFA.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.